Hello, one to go show fans. Thanks again for hopping over and listening to our podcast. Just a reminder, we have some exclusive content being posted weekly for the first six weeks of 2021 only on our YouTube channel. So if you want to jump over there to catch those interviews, it's the one to go show on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button so you'll see those new exclusive videos each week. race fans we are back at you again episode 62 of the one to go show on ryan aho that is the one and only bert layman how you doing bert i'm doing really good tonight how are you doing man i'm doing great i'm doing great uh, racing is back in full force there's a lot happening and and i'm excited i mean i, I think i've already watched several races over the weekend and a bunch <laughs> of the people that we know have already been turning some laps so it's been pretty cool you know and let's go ahead let's start with that let's start with the weekend review and let's maybe start with a race that I, you know I, I didn't really know anybody down there I've watched a couple of the guys but uh, we'll start kind of on on the eastern side we'll go over to Talladega I don't know what annual race it is but they have the ice bowl down there every year and I've actually been to that track, Bert, uh, over in Talladega. I went to a here, – here's how uninformed I was. I went to a NASCAR race, and we decided – literally, we jumped in the truck, and we were going to go get ice. We're driving on the road, and I'm like, dude, there's a dirt track. Like, there's cars there. What are they doing? Like, I had no idea. That's how oblivious I was, right? And uh, we pulled in there. And the guys that I were with, they're like, well, we want to go back and party. I'm like, well, hell, drop me off. I'm going to watch dirt track racing. And and I ended up walking back to the campground. And it was uh, really not that far of a walk. The problem was, is they had all the gates closed to everything. So I had to go around everything. And it ended up being like five miles. That was a lot. I, I, I did not really <laughs> like that walk back. But um, that was my first experience there. And it was quite unique. Um, just... Uh, let, let's face it, you're in Alabama and all the stereotypes we hear up in the north about Alabama, they, they rang true. Every single one of them. It was crazy. But uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the racing action from the ice bowl? Um, I just watched the, the super late model feature. Um, I, I mean, we've, we've discussed races like this in the past on the show. Um, uh, I mean, I won't take credit for this. You, you wrote down uh, Saturday show was 13 and a half hours and Sunday show was 12 and a half hours. I mean, come on, you're going to have over 20 hours invested. And in, I mean, that that's just. Puka is ridiculous. really it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Puka's really upset that he uh, didn't go down uh, when he saw the fact that it was that long of a race program. He's like, man, I should have went and, and uh, I think I think he's gonna probably look at well not going again next year, dude. Three hundred and fifty-two race cars, three hundred and fifty-two cars, eight classes. Honestly, Bert, where does promoters get an idea in their head that that's actually entertaining? Right? I mean, 
I've always heard that the more is better, but oh my goodness, like there's nothing good about that. Like way too long, drawn out, it wrecks the track. I mean, uh, I I don't know. What what do you think? I mean, what's your thoughts on on so many classes, so many cars at a big special? I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the show, and it just seems like tracks down in that part of the country this is what they do i mean they have these specials where they race during the day during the daytime uh they have like 80 classes and then you know they have these drawn out shows you know the track is you know black from top to bottom no pat i mean let's be honest there was no passing in the late model feature i mean minimal i mean michael page started on the front row he did fall back to third or so so i mean i do he did have to work his way back up to first but uh i mean if you weren't starting near the front you weren't going to finish near the front and really sam seawright should have won that race i mean he's a young gun i've watched him a bit he's pretty quick um there was a race where um i think uh, mcdowell and ricky weiss got first and second seawright got third both nights at that deal so he's a talented driver but let's face it it was one lane of rubber on the bottom and and he went up to the top to try to drive around lap cars and zing 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 cars went right by him on the bottom and he snuck back into second on a restart but that's where you can tell years of experience tells you get on the bottom stay on the bottom and a lack of patience lack of experience maybe cost him that win other than that not too exciting as far as late model racing but you know let's talk about this right because it's not just down there you know up in our area the wasota region you know or or not even the wasota i mean even cedar lake for example and and nothing against these tracks but you look at some of these events they're having um i know like the uh legendary opener legendary 100 i believe there's 10 classes of cars why is it like, well, we just want to include everybody? Well, that's all fine and good, but it's not entertaining. Fans do not want to sit through that. It's just craziness. And I don't know how many times we got to beat a dead horse with this deal, but that's why they cut out all the extra stuff. See, I talked to a friend of mine. Um, she had her and her uh, better half, Nolan. I shouldn't say better half. I'll get in trouble for that other half. I'll call it that. They run the Devil's Lake Speedway. And we're talking about the extra stuff, right? Outer car introductions, carrying the checkered flag, victory lane interviews, all that type of stuff that adds to the show, right? Kind of the entertainment value. And her initial response was, I hate that stuff. I hate it. I'm like, why would you hate that? Like me, and everybody's got a different opinion. And that's all fine and good. So I'm like, just want to get to the races and everybody's got a different viewpoint myself like we'll take the usa nationals for example bert i could honestly honestly i could go there i can i can see all the extra stuff the atmosphere literally watch them do the driver's introductions and then i could leave and go watch the race on tv and i would be perfectly content right because that extra stuff to me is amazing that's what makes i mean let's face it more people well, Bobby Pierce and uh, Turbo was a big talk this year, but for years past, right, you know, one of the biggest, most talked about things at the USA Nationals was the introductions. I mean, right. that's that kind of what, so now the problem is when you have seven, eight, nine, ten classes of cars, and you got all these cars, and you're trying to get the show run in, they, they either, A, have to just eliminate all of that stuff and just get right to the race, right? 
but then they're only appealing to the diehard race fan. Like that's the only person that, that was really getting value out of that or B right. They still have to do that stuff. And you end up with a 10, 12 hour show that nobody wants to be part of. So I'm a firm believer uh, of really reducing the amount of car of classes of cars at these shows and, and getting it to where you have like a full entertainment venue. And, and I, I don't, I just don't understand why that seems to be the trend because I mean, if you talk to everybody, if these promoters would actually take time and talk to all the fans, I can't imagine there's many people that would be like, Oh man, there's 10 classes of cars. That's awesome. I just don't get it. You're you're a fan. I want I want to see your viewpoint on this. What's your thoughts? Well, a, a couple of things. I mean, you mentioned that you know by having all these classes, you're and eliminating all the other stuff that uh, you're really only catering to the diehards. But when you have a thir- 13 and a half hour show, are you really catering to the diehards? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a race fan, but I'm also a diehard and. I don't want to sit through a 13 and a half hour show. I mean, I mean, that's, I, I, I just don't want to do it. Um, I mean, I never promoted a track, but I mean, I know you've dabbled in that a little bit. I mean, could the reason for all these classes be they're looking for money at the back gate to try to get more money? It is that that is part of it because you know when I was helping run different tracks, certain boards would be like, "Well, hey, we gotta have Hornets and Pure Stocks because you don't have to pay them very much, and they're gonna bring in not only their themselves, their crew guys, some family and stuff that comes to watch them. So that's an extra five hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars. Now, the problem is that the problem with that Bert is they're, they're focusing on like, how can we make more money at the back gate rather than promoting, right? And getting fans there and, and capitalizing on more people on the front gate. And, and uh, this, this just brings me back to the fact, all of these special events in all of racing today, right? Everybody's trying to figure out how do we get more race fans to the racetrack? Okay. Well, a 13 and a half hour show isn't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. I totally agree. But the fact is, you know, if you take like a big pie of all the people in, in an area, right? Only a small percentage of that group is actual race fans, right? So if the pie is this big and you got a triangle and, and that's like your race fans, their goal shouldn't be getting that whole triangle of people there. It should be making that triangle bigger right? It should be taking the overall, the amount of people that are in an area and increasing the amount of people that actually are race fans. And you're exactly right. Things like this don't do the sport any favors, no matter how good the racing is. Nobody wants to sit there that terribly long. And uh, I I think, uh, I think some things have to change there. I want to be a part of that. I'm excited about it. Um, Again, uh, Michael Page, fifth straight ice bowl win down there at talladega congratulations to him he ran really well last year we watched him there was a race i don't know if maybe it was sonoya georgia or one of them down there where there was some stout competition and he came from pretty deep and won that kind of i really hadn't heard of him before that but being able to watch him a little bit on dirt on dirt he he's pretty impressive And, and even against you know i no matter who's there he was super impressive. So hats off to him. Um, good to get racing underway down there. 
but uh, there was some racing out west, right? Well, just hold on. A couple yeah, of go things. Ahead. Uh, um, I mean, you mentioned 352 cars. I mean, I was looking on Facebook the other day, and somebody had uh, taken a video. Um, it appeared that uh, they actually had the pits along a high highway. Yeah. Cars, I mean, you would unload your car and park alongside a highway, and that's where your pit spot was. <laughs> You know what's crazy about that bird is I I went down to Montevideo to the Fiesta City Speedway. They had a fair race, and we parked along the road there. That's where everybody had to park, but they closed the road, right? <laughs> and I saw the video that you're talking about, and there's cars driving by, and, like, the, the backs of these race cars are, like, right actually at the road, right. and they didn't even close the road down. I'm like, that's not cool. Like, I that was that was interesting to me, like, I can, I've seen it where they've closed the road down, but to leave the road open. Hey, and there was one more thing there that happened. Yeah, so, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mostly watched, but I but I caught this on Facebook. Otherwise, honestly, with that many classes, I, I probably wouldn't even have scrolled through. I was just kind of more interested in the late model, the super late models, so to speak. But in the 604 late models, there, there was an altercation partway through the race and, uh, you know, there was a restart, and, and Cody Overton was involved, but he didn't really cause it. There was He was kind of in it. But they come down into turn one, and bam, everybody spins out. There's a car on top of another one. And this buddy George guy, he ended up being the car on the bottom of the pile in Jimmy Elliott. Now, I don't know who these guys are. They must be locals from down there. Bert, his car's up on top of this guy, right? And I got the video footage here. It's, it might be kind of hard to make out, but you guys can get the gist of what's happening. Well, this guy gets out of the car and he's going completely bonkers, right? Quite <laughs> frankly, looking at his car, I don't even know if it was that bad. Like there was a car on top of it. I don't know if it was that bad, but he's like swinging at this guy and screaming and hollering and just getting blown out of proportion. Next thing you know, a golf cart uh, shows up, a cop gets off, they throw this dude in the handcuffs and they escort him out of the property. Bert, what stuck out to me, the guy that he was yelling at, didn't even cause the deal like he so like when he looks back at this he's got to be like yeah that that's my bad i mean so so congratulations i want to congratulate um buddy george congratulations <laughs> on winning the moron of the week award from the one to go show because <laughs> it's one thing to go after a guy that did cause it but then you're going after the swinging at a guy that didn't even cause the accident dude what an idiot what do you, what did you see that deal uh, I did not. Uh, I just read the story about it. Uh, I did not uh, see the actual incident or the, the aftermath. Um, so uh, I'll be watching this episode just like our fans do just to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was quite interesting. My buddy Jeff sent me actually Jeff, um, our late model expert sent me that. That's all I wouldn't even have known about it. I think I saw it on Facebook after that. But Jeff sent me that, and then he says, hey, here's where it was at. So I was able to catch it. And then he pointed out the fact, he goes, I don't know why. He was mad at the wrong guy. And then when you listen to it, and, and you won't be able to hear it because we're, we're jabber-jawing away here on, on the show, but that you heard a lady in the background say, that's the wrong guy. Like, she, she, the fans <laughs> are like, it's like, oh, man, craziness. So, so yeah, so that's the Talladega Ice Bowl. You know, it's uh, I, I can't imagine that they've always had that many classes and cars there it's trending that way hopefully this is just a, a phase so to speak and we can kind of get back to it now 
Now let's head west. You know, and there's two events, and we'll start with the IMCA event, and then we'll get to uh, the one that I think you and I are probably the most excited to talk about. But over at the Kokopa Speedway, and we've been hearing a lot about this place because they've been having quite a few shows. A lot of them have been streamed in IMCA TV stream. This one, they had the Winter Nationals down there. You know, I got a couple things I want to touch on. Bert, uh, anything stick out to you, you know, from, from what you've read up on or maybe seen down at Kokopa? Well, I mean, my first feeling is, and maybe it's just because, uh, as you refer to me as a late model guy, um, how overshadowed uh, the IMSA Winter Nationals are, you know, with the Wild West shootout starting, uh, the Chili Bowl, Bowl starting this week. Um, you really don't, I really haven't seen much uh, buzz about the Winter Nationals at all. Um, but I mean, they've run four events so far. There's a few drivers from, uh, the Wasota area down there. Um, they've had some really good car counts. I mean, first night they had 161 entries, uh, second night, 161, 164 and 156 entries, uh, amongst four classes only. So, uh, you know, really good car count and, uh, four classes, four classes. Yeah. <laughs> um, modifieds being the premier class of of the of the show and uh they've had like low 60s for mod counts uh which is is really good but uh um casey arneson won on january 8th so uh he's from the dakotas so you know some of our uh viewers and listeners may be familiar with him uh i, I had the chance to interview him several weeks ago and you know he he's uh seems like a down there down to earth guy didn't he win the Dakota Classic Mod Tour this past year as well? Um, either him or his brother. I mean, there's well, there's two yeah. of them. They're both fast. Yeah. I couldn't remember which one won it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, I, and I, I saw Joanne posted uh, um, the night that he won, I believe, was a year to the date when uh, Grinder Don Gumpke, uh, who was a promoter up at the Jamestown Speedway involved with that. He had Dakota Engine build, uh, Builders, I believe it was called. It was a year to the date that he passed away, and, and that's all a pretty tight-knit group. So she was pretty emotional about the fact that Arneson won, you know, because they were all tight. So she thought that was mm -hmm. pretty special. So congrats to him on that. So, yeah, and uh, Kenny Wallace is racing down there. I saw uh, he he's um, not doing the greatest. Uh, let's see, he 23rd one night. 16th another night uh 10th and 11th so not not setting the world on fire i'm a little surprised he's at an imca show i you know because i don't associate him with imca racing as, as much yeah. as some other drivers he races anywhere anytime <laughs> i mean he's ran usmts ump imca he's ran with soda asphalt dirt it don't matter Heck, he's even going to Alaska. I saw that he's going to run a show up in Alaska, which is oh, so wow. cool. Yeah, he's like, I've never even been to Alaska. So he's going to go race. And uh, one of the, I guess, one of the stars of the sport, so to speak, he's not always that guy that's winning and running up front, but he's so electric, you know, ADHD on steroids maybe, but he's just so <laughs> entertaining and uh, just a positive outlook and, and uh, kind of fun. I always watch pretty much every day he does a Facebook Live and I try to watch those because he's most of the time he's pretty darn upbeat. So kind of a pretty cool way to start the day out mm -hmm. for a race fan. And then there's another driver racing down there that uh, that is familiar with a lot of people, I'm sure. And that's Dave Kane. If you want to expand on 
uh, I believe, him. and I don't know this for sure, but I think he's in a Devil Bliss car, and I don't know if it's the one that that Bloomquist ran or not. I tried finding out that information, but he's running for Zane. I think Devil Bliss is his name, or Devabliss, or I don't know how exactly you say it, but that guy's pretty darn good down there. He's had some struggles, uh, you know, kind of. I think he had a flat tire one night, just things not quite going right. It'll be interesting to see if he can take the first four nights and everything that he learned, different tire deal, and see if he can maybe apply that to the final three nights. And I'd like to see that, uh, well, for us, it's the familiar 2C, but I think it's a 12Y as he's running down there. like to see him maybe sneak off a couple uh, podium finishes there in the final nights of the Winter Nationals. Yeah, so, so yeah, th that... Uh, that's the information that uh, I've gathered uh, regarding that the shows down there for that. Yeah, and there's a few other northern guys who talked about it last week. And notably, just kind of looking at the results, Brandon Bombardo, he went down there actually with our friend Ben Crookton from Dirt Race Central. He actually went along. He's kind of shooting for um, with IMCA TV and doing some behind-the-scenes stuff. And he's been in the top five in that IMCA hobby stock about every night and uh, running very good. He led right till the last lap i mean literally the last corner a guy snuck by him from deep in the field um and kind of knocked him out of the winner's circle but uh he's right up there in the in the point standings for that deal tim gonska is also down there he won that points deal he's a little bit not quite running as good as he did last year so it'll be pretty cool to see if maybe brandon bombardo can sneak out a feature win down there good luck to them guys the rest of the way now bert this is the one that we all want to talk about. This is the one we're excited <laughs> about. This is a show that Ben Shelton, um, he has done just an amazing, amazing job promoting this deal from the beginning to the end. All the little aspects of, of everything, a lot of the little extra stuff and, you know, just just great. It's the Wild West shootout down at the Arizona Speedway. And, and uh, man, it's been a good first couple nights. And why don't you touch on, just what did you get out of it? You know, what do you want to share from what you've seen so far? Because both of us have watched, you know, both the events. What kind of stuck out to you? Um, well, what stuck out to me was, well, first of all, I thought that I was going to be really close uh, already for uh, Davenport winning three features like I had predicted. I thought he was going to have two there. Uh, but uh, but definitely uh, Davenport and Ricky Thornton Jr. are the class of the field right now. Um, I don't I mean, I don't think uh, any of the other drivers. Um, I mean, they're just definitely the class of the field right now. I mean, they finished uh, one, two, both nights, you know, just flip flop from one night to the for, to the next night. And um, uh, a driver I've been impressed with is uh, Cody uh, Loney. He's from California. Um, the, the reason, um, I'm impressed with him and the name stuck out to me was, uh, I interviewed him several years ago at 141 Speedway when he raced at the clash at the Creek in, in the modif race, not IMCA modified. And, uh, I remember interviewing him. And, um, so when I heard that name being announced, like that, that sounds familiar. Then they said he was from California and yeah, that's where that guy's from. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to watch somebody from that far away race that, you know, you've interviewed. Um, so uh, that's kind of cool. Um, surprised that uh, Chad Simpson's not running very well there. I mean, that that's kind of stuck out in my mind. I mean, he he's 
he's run in the front, but then he's faded out of uh, transfer spots. Um, so uh, uh, Jimmy Mars was in a transfer spot the first night, and then <laughs> not only did he miss the transfer spot, but he was way back then. Um, so, but yeah, he was good. running second, wasn't he, in the heat? And I don't know what happened, but third, he, he was running the run, final transfer spot he had. Yeah, and, and then, then he spun out, didn't he? It basically kind of kept going, and then it just wrecked the rest of the night. He didn't make the show the first night, and right. uh, that that was, and he would have been in the show. I don't exactly know what happened there. There was, I don't know if there was contact made. Was he was he side by side battling for third, or was he side by side in third, kind of battling for second? I think he, I don't know if he was battling for a second. Uh, he was solidly in third, but I think somebody was challenging him. Um, and then something, he got squirrely or jumped the cushion or something. And then he tried to fight back and then he got sideways in the next corner, got sideways. And then uh, actually uh, ran into Jake Tim a little bit, uh, not real hard, but they, there was contact between the two. And Jake um, Tim's a guy, Berth, that's had some issues. He, uh, the car keeps shutting off on him. Like he's, he's yeah, going all through, make a lap, and the car shutting off. I don't know if it's ignition or fuel related, but uh, he did rattle off a second place finish um, in the in the heat race the second night. You know, so he's he's got a pretty fast hot rod. Hopefully, they can get the mechanical woes figured out. Yeah, and uh, I guess one thing that uh, surprised me was uh, um, in the other divisions there's a lot of Wisconsin and Minnesota drivers down there. Um, I knew there were some going down there. I didn't realize it was going to be this many. So, I mean, it's kind of cool to be able to, I mean, let's be honest, root for drivers from your area. Cause you want to see them do well. Yeah. And, and it's kind of been that way. The mods and the X mods down there have been, I think the X mods deal three, four years in a row has been won by a, a Wasota car, right? Skeeter SD won it last year. Cole Searing won the series the two years prior. Dustin Strand won the mod series last year. You know, so they've represented very well. And, you know, kind of looking at it here, just kind of breaking things down for the fans. Night number one, 59 late models. Would have been 60, but our friend Don Shaw, um, who has already raced down south, he's sponsoring the event, for goodness sakes, coming down with covid and uh, he's been kind of laid up and kind of battling that deal. He wasn't able to race the first couple nights. Um, so, Don, best wishes to you. Hopefully he can get through that deal quick enough, maybe to get back in the car to, to end off the series here. Uh, we'd like to see that. Heck, he's down there, but I think he's staying in the hall or just staying away from people. So hopefully he can get back after it. Um, like you said, Jonathan Davenport, a guy that, you know, you can call, I mean, let's, he's, he struggled for his, for him, he struggled. Yeah. He was his third, I believe in the believe Lucas so. oil points, but you know, he just, I mean, if you talk to him about 2020, he'd be like, no, I mean, other than his shining moment when he uh, kind of got the last lap win there at Knoxville, he really didn't have a Jonathan Davenport type year, but he looked pretty darn good. I mean, he, he jumped out right away that first night and he kind of put a beat down on the boys. Uh, Ricky Thornton Jr., he's poised, in my opinion, I'm predicting it right now, to be the 2021 Lucas Oil Late Model National Rookie of the Year. He is on fire. Uh, third place, a guy that we talked about, Bert, that ran very well there last year, um, Brian Shirley, squirrel, mm -hmm. looking really good down there. Now, in the modifieds, 
you know, the, the first night, the feature, Bert, I mean, there there was 66 cars, but really it was a bunch of garbage. I mean, there was nobody good. <laughs> um, I mean, first place, you got Dustin Strand, the 2020 series champ, NLRA champ. I mean, uh, he's kind of a nobody. Uh, second place, you had Lucas Schott, USRA national champ last year. He ain't very good. Um, third was the reigning Wasota national champ, Shane Sabraski, our regional driver of the year. He kind of junk. Um, fourth, Rodney Sanders, the 2020 USMTS national champ, I believe five times. Nobody good. Okay, that's sarcasm. For those of you going, <laughs> what do you mean no good? Okay, I'm kidding. That's sarcasm. Hopefully you get that, right? You're going to get that with me. But man, what a stacked field of modifieds in uh, Dustin Strand looking good. You know, getting that win on night number one. And uh, in the X-Mods, there's been some pretty darn good racing in the X-Mods. And, and I know Bert was like, get these things off the track. There's a bunch of yellows here. <laughs> but then, both of them ended up being some pretty good finishes. And night number one, a guy, another another Wasota guy, <laughs> Jory Berg. He, he came from 11th, Bert, and he drove to the front in that deal and won night number one. A guy from up in Grand Forks, North Dakota, second that night Brock star Brock Grunwald and it got kind of dicey at the end Grunwald got pretty darn aggressive there um trying to you know look like he maybe was not afraid to move the guy out of the out of the way for the win but he was a little too aggressive and Berg got back by him but all in all a pretty good finish and Parker Hale who he runs uh, regularly Bert over at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway and at Deer Creek um, he got third that night, and he said, man, I saw them guys kind of rough, and I thought maybe they'd take each other out, and I'd sneak to the win. But a good feature of that, um, all, all three features, really, that first night were pretty good. Now, night number two, the late models, 57 of them, I didn't really catch to see. A couple of them weren't there, um, but like you said, they flip-flopped, right? Ricky Thornton Jr. won. Now, Davenport, I think he started third, Robert. He got the yeah, lead right away. Fifth, he was a, I believe. Yeah, and he got to the top. He drove right to the front. But then they got into lap traffic, and it's like, he, I don't know if he was not aggressive enough or what was going on, but he just kind of fell into like a trance following the lap cars. And uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. snuck by him, and, and uh, he looked really darn good that night. And then Mike Marlar, who ran pretty good the first night, I think he was in the top five, he got third. Brian Shirley was up in the top five as well. So it kind of rubbered up there. Not kind of, it did. I mean, it rubbered up <laughs> for the late model deal. And uh, the modifieds, now what's interesting to me, Bert, is it rubbered up, right? But then the modifieds and X-Mods come out and they kind of run all over the racetrack. So it was a little interesting. Maybe it's the narrower tires. Maybe they threw some marbles up on the groove. I'm not really sure, but they weren't locked down to a groove, you know, like the fat tire cars, if it rubbers up, it's over. The modifieds and X mods, they were able to move around and and uh, boy, what a finish in the modifieds. Um, Jake Gallardo, Rodney Sanders, they were one and two, and uh, Gallardo actually, Sanders was quicker. Sanders was right on him, and he kind of found something on the bottom of one and two there, Bert. And Gallardo said, "My pit guys moved me because that's and that's the benefit to having that guy signaling you." right? Telling you high, low, kind of what to do. He saw his pit guys and they said, you know, they told him get to the bottom and one and two he did. And that was it. Sanders was there. They get into lap traffic, last lap Sanders throws a death slide, clears them. Gallardo crosses them over, beats them to the line, exciting finish there. And Shane Sabraski rolled off 
another podium finish with a third. Um, he, he's, he's looked really good. Just a little bit off the pace to win, but, but he's there. I feel like he's getting quicker and quicker. And then in the X mods, 49 of them and none other than Shane Sabraski his first win of the year. And Bert, like you said, Hey, number one on his quest to 50, right. And with a first well, season, I think I, it's going to be more than 50. I, I think you need to get a counter. Um, Cause like you said, last year we were counting to see if he would get 50. So I, I think I, I'm a baseball fan and I remember this from when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know if you remember Buddy Biancolana, shortstop for the Royals, 1985. I mean, he was all defense and no hit. But uh, anyway, uh, David Letterman, Letterman had a Buddy Biancolana counter as he chased Pete Rose's all-time hits. <laughs> nice. So each each night Biancolana got a hit, he would hit the counter and add a hit. So <laughs> I think you need to get a counter like that for Sabrath. There we go. There's number one. I'm not <laughs> going to hit myself 50 times. So I'm not going to do that. Well, I thought it would be a better idea, but I believe that's 706 um, in his career. And they, they were pumping that up. They were, I'm so impressed, Bert, with, with the announcers down there, Ben Shelton and, and all the other guys that, that are involved with that because they really have done their homework. And, and as a fan, I so appreciate that. Like these guys, they have taken time to get the sponsors, get the backstory, what they've won, past champion here. And it's so entertaining for me as a fan, listening to these guys. I mean, we're talking about the best of the best. I mean, they leave no stones unturned in the way that they're promoting the drivers and hyping everybody up. Man, I, it's, it's been a really good show. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. And uh, the rest of the way through, Preston Carr, um, he got second in that X mod feature, and, and quite honestly, Bert, I think he was a little quicker than Shane. Um, he was kind of getting pretty dicey coming off four crossing. He was kind of doing that diamond pulling up next to him, and the bottom was a pretty good in one and two. The yellow come out, and then Shane adjusted his line, kind of wondering. And he always has a signal guy, so I'm wondering if somebody moved him a little bit, you know, which I'm thinking probably happened and it should. But Preston Carr, a good run for him, but. Kind of the fun thing there, the third place finisher, a guy by the name of Rob Mosley, 22nd to third, advanced 19, hard charger on the event. Did you catch his interview? Yes, I, I caught his <laughs> interview. And yeah, I sent you a text after the interview was over. Yeah, it, it not every driver can, uh, and this, this is quoting him, don't bring any hate mail to me, uh, thanking, thanking his old lady at home. Uh, for letting them go there and wishing that she was there. <laughs> yeah, so drivers, if you got a sack, what I want you to do is next time you win in Victory Lane and the, and the wife's not there, don't say, hey, I want to thank by your name. Just say, hey, I want to thank the old lady, you know, at home. I dare you to do that, right? I want to I <laughs> see how that works out for some of you. And the other thing you said, you know, and it was, it was cool because it was a totally unpolished but aware right. um, interview. He's like, man, when I went out there, he's like, I'm starting 22nd. Ah, my shit's probably going to get wadded up. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, like immediately, <laughs> like, he's like, Oh, oh I'm dude. this ain't NASCAR. You're okay. We're not kicking you out. You're fine. Right. In fact, he, and there's memes about it already and all that stuff. Who cares? Right. But, but the, it was unpolished is what it was. He's, you can tell he's not a public speaker, but he had fun with it. And, and, and really the, the crowd enjoyed that. So Rob Mosley, heck of a job. And, uh, He's not the prototypical racer look. He's the 
He's, it would be Puka. Well, it's beard, not even Puka. A, yeah, I was gonna say he's got he's got Puka's hat, right? So he's got he's got the flat build stuff, but then he's kind of got the long. I mean, he's a unique individual, but uh, kind of like a another version maybe of Tyler Carpenter type deal, right? He's kind of got that his own look, but you can tell that yeah. You know, he has fun doing it. What a heck of a run, right? 22nd mm-hmm. to third, you know, that, that was a stout run for him right there. Now, you know, a couple other things that stuck out on that event for is they had the pro power. Um, they had the pro power dash. I thought that was pretty cool touch, right? They just an addition to what they have. I know at East Bay, they have the strawberry dash and, and all that, but pro power ponied up some money. And they give a thousand bucks, and I think it's twenty five hundred total. And they spread it out between the six. And for drivers that are unfamiliar, how do you qualify? I believe it's the the next six that would have made the show. So like you had X amount come out of the B, and you know if there's two Bs, then it would be the next couple out of each of them to get six cars in it. And the winner they get a thousand dollars cash, or they can eliminate that and say you know what i'm not going to take the cash i'm going to start at the back of the a main now bert i i have to to pose a question to to you um you've often on this show said that racers aren't very smart um okay you get a thousand dollars for winning the dash or you you can you can take at the end of the at the end of the field in a five thousand to win feature so there's no way that you're getting a thousand dollars unless you advance up into the feature. <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. Okay. So I'm looking at it here. Okay. I got the purse in front of me, Bert. Fourth place in the late models is $900. Fourth. Okay. Now it is 500 from 24th all the way up to 10th place. Okay. All right, finance, <laughs> like literally, financially, it is an absolute no-brainer to take the thousand dollars because a you're getting a thousand bucks, but if it's a forty-lap a main or fifty, I think it's been forty, right? You're gonna yeah. burn off two tires, maybe three, for sure, for sure. So it doesn't. So you can you can take a thousand, like you are plus a thousand. Or you can automatically pretty much assume there's no way it, it is going to be extremely difficult for somebody to start 25th and get up into the top even 10, right? So you can pretty much count on the fact that you're taking a $500 less check automatically, plus, right, you're going to burn off three additional tires and some fuel. So let's call that another $500. So, and that's if you don't wreck anything. Right. No, I mean, it's not counting laps on the engine or oil changes or whatever. So you're automatically literally saying, you know what? I'm willing to take a thousand bucks and just go play. All right. <laughs> so financially, like my buddy Jeff Crow says, kid, take the thousand. Right. Financially, <laughs> it is a no brainer. I mean, it is absolutely common sense, math wise, numbers wise to take the thousand dollars live to play another day right and and just simply move on but they're racers they're knuckleheads yep. they're hard hit. i was one <laughs> like I, I get it and and the competitive side of them is like oh no i'm here to race 
you know, I, I hope you got some money behind you because most racers are not extremely well off financially. And for me, that thousand dollars would have been a huge deal back in the day. I mean, it would have been a huge deal. Hey, we'll put new tires on for tomorrow. We'll, we'll get another run at this deal. I don't get it now. Well, if, if it, it were it, me, if I had a sponsor, right? If I went down there and let's say I was driving for somebody, that decision would have been up to the the owner, right? And and I would that whatever if they're happy and they got all the money in the world and they don't care, great, let's go race. We're here to race. But if you're a very much a budget racer, I I, I don't know. I myself, the smart money's on taking the thousand. I don't think you're going to see many people do it. I think you're going to see it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll talk about this next week because there's four more events. And it'll be interesting to see. So far, two of two have taken the taken the back of the feature instead. Do you think anybody out of them next four is going to take the thousand, or do you think they're all going to go to the feature? They'll probably all go to the feature because I mean they went down there to race, um, right. so they're they're, they're going to race. Um, you know, I I understand why they would turn down the thousand dollars and go race, um, but yeah, I mean the the um, financial savvy person would take the thousand dollars but if you're in racing you're probably not that savvy with finances anyway <laughs> I, you said it not me but i agree with you that, that's exactly true because this is another example right this this whole event is another example of racers can tell you all day long that they're chasing money they are completely and utterly full of shit. All right. I mean, it is not even close to the case. Bert, did you, I don't know if I sent it to you. Did you actually see the payout for this event? No. Okay. Now the, I'm going to give you a, a here's, here's a tip modifies. Okay. Modifies. And there's a bunch of them there, right. And a bunch of them traveled a long ways to go there. It is a, except for the last, Okay, so January 10th and 17th is a little bit increased, but it's only increased really the, the top few spots, okay? So four of the nights is 1,000 to win, 500 for second, fifth place, Bert, 250 bucks, 10th place, 125, 11th on back, $100. 100 the X mods, okay? And, and they have two shows that are a little bit more just up top, right? Four of their shows are 500 to win, $100 for fifth place. 100 for fifth. Soda tracks pay more than that on a regular night. What are, what are they talking about, right? And literally, it is $60, $60 from 24th up to 11th. Are you serious, right? So that's great. Record car counts, Bert. Record car counts at this event. It's amazing. That's the, the promoting side of it. Now, if I'm putting my promoter hat on, I'm looking at this going, why in the hell would we ever pay more? There is no reason to ever pay more than this. None. They already got all the cars they need to put on a quality, entertaining show. Any more cars than that, now you're going to add another hour to the program. You don't need that. Right now, it's about perfect. you got all the cars you need, plenty of competition, but I'm a racer, so I can say this, right? 
we're all a bunch of dumbasses. Okay. <laughs> like, literally racers, right. They, they whine all the time. Oh, they don't pay enough. How, you know, you hear people say, like, why can't we get more people to travel regionally and follow like the advantage RV mod tour? Well, it just doesn't make sense financially. But then these same knuckleheads will jump in a vehicle and drive all the way to Arizona for two weeks for that. Okay. So that just shows it's not the money. They're not following. If they're not following a series like the challenge series, the advantage RV mod tour, it's not because they're not paying enough. That's not why it has nothing to do with it. It's because it's not fun enough for them. It really is because they're not going down to Arizona because, Oh man, we're going to go down there and make a pile of money. It's a fun vacation. This, this, this event, the way that they have it formatted, Bert, it's really cool because they race the first two nights. Then they got Monday off. If they want to practice Tuesday, they can, but a lot of them take that off, do something with their family. Right. So they got two days to kind of do stuff. Wednesday, they race Thursday. They go, you know, do something with the family. Then they race Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come home. It's more than just a race event down there. It's a, I mean, a lot of people take the family. I saw pictures Bert, on Facebook of people going, Andy Jones and, and uh, Craig Loft, all some of these guys, they went skydiving. I'm like, no. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and knowing them guys, they're thrill seekers. Uh, Brittany Smith was there. There's a few more. I don't remember who was all, maybe Ayot. They went skydiving. There is zero chance that this kid is going skydiving, but that was pretty cool, right? So you see, I saw a lot of pictures and Facebook lives of a lot of these racers down there with their families, with their friends doing other stuff kind of making a trip out of it and and really that's what this event's all about and and the way that they formatted it man that that's just genius i really think they've done such a good job with that because when i went to florida bert i raced down at speed weeks and you'd race like at volusia when i went i think we ran like seven nights in a row and then there was like one night off and you went to east bay and you ran four nights in a row well it was like all racing and and i didn't care that was fine but I think that keeps people away from there because it was a ton of work. It's not a vacation. It was a ton of work. And if they have them a couple nights off in between there were, you know, hey, you know, hey, honey, you want to come with? We'll make a trip out of it. We're going to race. But on this day, we'll, we'll go do something together and kind of make a family trip out of it. And they've promoted that well, right? If you, if you go to the Wild West Shootout page on Facebook, Ben and his team that have put this deal together, they have really promoted it as a as a unique type of uh, of special event, and you know, what's your thoughts on that, Bert, as a race fan? No, I mean, I agree. Um, you know, they do a, a great job of uh, providing quality racing, but also providing time for the uh, racers and spectators to decompress a little bit in between some of the shows. You know, give them time to do other things. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of become, a, you know, a destination for a lot of racers from the Midwest. I mean, it's, uh, you know, able to get out of the cold for <laughs> a week and a half to two weeks. And, uh, I mean, we should mention that uh, uh, one of the Dash winners was uh, Mitch McGrath, who's from uh, southeastern Wisconsin. And uh, so, uh, you and he know, runs when, a pro power. Yeah, well, yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> when they asked him if uh, he was going to take the thousand dollars or go into the feature, he said he was going to take it easy on, uh, on, uh, on 
on sleeper and uh, and uh, go into the feature. So so Pro Power could keep their thousand dollars. <laughs> and, and my buddy Jeff Krause said that I think that they take that thousand dollars and it still gets spent because I think they spread that out to the other five guys. I don't know if that's a hundred percent the case or yeah, not. Yeah, I don't, I but, don't but, know. But that's what he said. But yeah, that, that was pretty, I remember him saying that I'm going to let him keep some of that money in his pocket. I remember something <laughs> like that. So, you know, so it's been a pretty cool event and let's talk a little bit more about it. Cause we'll talk about the upcoming events and we'll just start here, you know, because, you know, obviously it's Wednesday right now. I just posted this online so people can watch it, but the, so night number three is tonight. So if you're watching this during the day on Wednesday, night number three is tonight. Then they race Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. Now the question I have, Bird, is this. Okay, My pick to kind of like be a, on top was Ricky Thornton Jr. Your pick was Jonathan Davenport. Four races to go. Number one, okay, I'm going to ask you a three-part question. Number one, will anybody else win a feature other than those two? Number two, which one of those two is going to be the first to get the three and will either one of them get the four? Um, I'm going to say just based on the first two nights. I mean, if you would ask me this question last week, I would have said, you know, there had been, there had been more than three winners, more than two winners. Um, but um, based on the first two nights, I'm going to say those Davenport and Thornton Jr. win all the races. Um, so there's four left. So they 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 win the remaining four. I'm I'm still going with Davenport winning at least three, like I said last week. Um, I don't think I don't think anybody will get the four though. So you think you think that it's going to be split three and three, three, three yeah. And, and how the Kaiser bonus works, race fan? It's kind of another another great addition to what they did to this event. So that Kaiser Manufacturing heavily involved with their track racing, and they have a lot of products out there. They threw up a, a the Kaiser quarter million. If a driver in the late model division was to win six of six, bam, they get a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus. If they win five of six. They get a hundred grand. If they win four of six, they get twenty-five thousand dollar bonus. And the first driver to get the three wins, because they, they ain't gonna give it to two of them. The first one to get the three wins, if that's all, if that's the most, they get a ten thousand dollar bonus. So, so which one of those two is gonna be the first of three? Twenty RT or the forty-nine? I'm gonna say. Uh... The 20 RT. Okay. Okay. Kind of. Sw- <laughs> I, I like the way you think. Either one of them two are going to be good. If I, if there was to be a third winner in that deal, I'm going to have to kind of say it's going to be Squirrel, uh, Brian Shirley, especially if the track gets a little choppy or if we get a little weather or something happens to where there's a little bit of moisture in the track because he absolutely shines if there's just a little bit of attitude to the racetrack. Um, I think he's just like he's even said he's just a little off off of them top couple when it's super slippery, but he's been running really good down there. Now in the modified deal, there's some stout competition, whether it's Dustin Strand, Sabraski, Lucas Schott, Rodney Sanders, Dustin Strand, your 2020 um, Wild West shootout champion. If you had to pick a winner, who's it going to be to win the series this year? Um, 
I'm going to go with um, the 20 car, Sanders. Rodney Sanders. And none of these guys are bad picks, you know. <laughs> I'm a homer, right? So I, if I were to take somebody, I want it to be our one of our northern guys, um, Strand and uh, Shane Sabraski have both been in the top five. Strand has a first and a fifth. I think Shane and the Modified's got a pair of thirds. So I want to see one of those two guys bring that back where it belongs up to Wasota country. And uh, in the X-Mod deal, you know, kind of the same deal. You know, you got, there, there's a handful of guys that could win that deal. Is there somebody that you got picked that you think is going to win that X-Mod uh, Wild West Shootout Series Championship? Um, I'll go with Sabraski because Sabraski, um, I, I think he's, uh, I mean, there's no reason why he can't win it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to pick, too. Um, there, there's some stout competition, but he's so smooth. He's so good. He's so patient that I think that, uh, in the especially in the X-Mod class, people tend to get themselves in trouble a little bit. And I think he's a lot more patient than most. So I'm going to pick the easy one of Shane Sabraski to win that. Now, that's enough with the Wild West shootout. We'll have a lot more to talk about here on the next episode as we got four events over the next handful of days here. I'm excited to catch that. Of course, that's on Flow Racing. You can catch all the action. Now, Bert, it's also Chili Bowl week. There's already been a couple events in, and I don't really have all the stuff down for Tuesday night show. A little bit happened on Monday night show. We'll get more into the recap stuff, I guess, probably on the next episode. But just on the little bit that you've seen so far, anything stick out to you? Well, actually, I haven't seen any of it yet. <laughs> I, well, perfect. I, I, got, I got a little <laughs> bit for you. I got a little bit for you. So a couple things. <clears throat> One thing that's always fun with the Chili Bowl, the drivers might not think so, but I do as a race fan. They got a flip count deal right? That they do every year. And I know night number one, they had seven, right? They had seven get upside down. All the drivers were okay. So that's good. So it'd be kind of cool to see, you know, let's go over and under, let's kind of do a little fun deal here. So it's what Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's six events. There were seven rollovers on night one. I'm going to go over and under on 50. Do you think it's going to be more or less than 50 for the, for the flip count? for the chili uh, over 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 okay okay <laughs> i i think i'm gonna agree with you there now night number one uh um mcintosh he got in but second place a guy that we talked about a little bit on the show uh sunshine tyler courtney but kind of uh one of the stories of the event there bert was was uh t-mac t-mac there of course you know, everybody knows who T-Mac is unless you live underneath the rock, right? And uh, he kind of messed up in the heat race. He kind of got himself in a little trouble. He had to go to the C main. He went from the C to the B to the A, and he drove all the way up to the eighth place finish, which is going to should put him in a B main there for Saturday night, okay? So kind of fun to watch him kind of drive up through the field. And I saw something on Facebook today, of course, with, the, the world of Olaf starting over in uh, speed weeks in Florida, he's actually going to make the trip over to Volusia. He's going to run Thursday and Friday in the late model. He's going to jump on a plane. He's going to fly back. He's going to run the chili bowl on Saturday. So kind of a neat deal there for him, but um, I did not watch anything on Tuesday yet. Okay. But I'm going to be watching that. It's Tuesday right now. We're airing the show. It is Tuesday. So <laughs> we haven't seen anything yet. But the one thing that I saw is there was a yellow flag or I think it was the end of a race or whatever, and they were just getting ready to go green again 
for, for one of the races. And then they threw the red flag and they stopped all the cars. Do you know why they did that, Bert? Uh, yeah, I, I saw something on Facebook because uh, a spectator was not wearing their mask. He was not happy. Um, you can you can see he uh, expressed his displeasure. He told the camera guy he was number one. Of course, that wasn't directed at the camera guy, but it was overall like, this is my thoughts of this mask deal. We all got our opinions on it. We're all sick of COVID. We're all sick of it. But I mean, come on. Come on, dude. Really? Well, I mean, we, we gave away one more on of the week, but I mean, do I think that I, I'm not even going to get into my opinion on if we need to wear masks or should wear masks or whatever, but there's always got to be that guy, right? Because I can assure you this as a promoter, right? There ain't one promote. I, I shouldn't say that no promoters that I know personally are like, Oh man, you, you have to wear masks. Like we're going to just, we want it this way forever. They're doing that because the local, you know, regulations in that area said, if you want to have this event, you got to wear masks. That, that's just the way it is. The local government or whatever, the, whoever the governing body in that area, that's the mandate. Well, they want the show to continue to go on. So if they see somebody not wearing a mask, they have to kick you out. If they don't kick you out, they could come in and say, you know what? You're not taking this deal seriously bam, we're going to shut down your whole event. It could happen, right? So if, if you're in this situation as a fan, a racer, just just play by the rules here, right? Because we want to keep racing going. Don't be an idiot, okay? And this guy here was, I'm guessing, you know, there may have been a little alcohol consumed. <laughs> that, that tends to happen. So people kind of do some bold and dumb stuff. This ain't the place to express your opinion on that. Everybody's just trying to put a show on and make it work. You know, there's always got to be that person out there that goes and wrecks it for everybody. What's your thoughts on that, Bert? Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever your opinion is, I mean, I have my op opinion on the mask, you know, whatever. But um, my understanding is, like you said, uh, the local health uh, organization or whatever in that area said if if you want this event to take place masks are mandatory there's no ifs ands or buts about it and i mean if you're a spectator going there you know i'm assuming that you know the rules so i mean if you don't like it just swallow your pride you know suck it up and if you want to see the show wear a mask i mean um it's it's the world we live in now unfortunately <laughs> Yeah, it just is what it is. And again, it's not its not the promoter out there saying, we need everybody to wear a mask. No, they're being told that in order to keep that show going, they're going to do the best they can to not jeopardize the event, right? You got to all work together. It is what it is. And and just, I urge everybody to kind of stick to that. We, we don't all like it. It is what it is. But just, if you want to keep racing going, you just got to do what you got to do. Now, Let's jump in. Let's go back east, right? Because this week, and I, I found this interesting that they did this, that they scheduled it, but uh, the world of Outlaw Late Models about ready to get underway. The Volusia Sunshine Nationals coming up here this weekend. What is it? I believe Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is that what it is, Bert? I'm not even sure what the exact dates are. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I could look that up. Now, Bert. Four classes of late models, hey. 
They're they're running the World of Outlaws, the 604s, the 602, and then they're having Florida late models besides craziness. Now, there's going to be, I think, what, first of all, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I'm going to look something up while you're doing that. With the Wild West shootout going on, of course, there's there's a pretty stout field of cars there. How do you think the car count's going to look um, at, at this Volusia event? And if you had to make a pick, who would it be? Um, well, I mean, I think car count could be a, a little lighter than what, a, what it would normally be. Um, like you said, I mean, the Wild West shootout is taking place right now. And um, I mean, it's kind of weird they're having us race on this weekend. I mean, you have the Wild West shootout and you have the Chili Bowl. I mean, yeah, let, let's just start the World of Outlaw season against these two big events. <laughs> It, it don't make a lot of sense to me on the streaming platform of it. And I get it. I mean, the late models are starting a week or two out. I think a week after that down there at all tech, the Lucas oil deal, um, kind of a crazy deal, but, but there are a bunch of guys over that direction that did not make the trip over there. Let's go over and under. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to put the number at 40. Do you think it's going to be more or less than 40 of the world of outlaw late models? I'm going to go less less than 40 i'm gonna say more i think you're gonna see more than that because i think there's enough over there in the region i wondered if you might see a guy like madden i think you're gonna see brandon overton whitener some of them guys so it'll be interesting to see i'm actually looking up here but i'm having internet issues i think it's thursday friday saturday needless to say that's on dirt vision you know you can look that up worldofoutlaws.com now a little bit of news down there bert okay let me ask you this first of all who's your pick who's gonna win um those events down there well i'm gonna go <laughs> i always go for the for the low-hanging fruit uh give me shepherd <laughs> you're taking shepherd i'm gonna take brandon overton that's that's what i'll take so i'm i'm looking here so saturday the 7th give me give me one second here bert you're not taking ricky weiss with his new car I'm not. No, let's talk about that because that's going to be interesting. So I just did an interview here with uh, Shane Edgington up in, you know, he got runner up in uh, Wasota late model national standings in 19. Of course, there were no points in 2020. He actually has his first car. So he works with Ricky. Of course, Shane is from Winnipeg. Ricky's from Headingley, which is right by Winnipeg there. So the first car that came out this summer went to Winnipeg. Shane Edgington is going to be driving a car. And, and uh, right now it's called the Weiss Haley, but they have a name for it. He wouldn't give it to me. He goes, I'm going to let Ricky <laughs> unveil that. So there is a name, but uh, Ricky's already got a couple cars out there. I know Jeffrey Massengill is going to be getting one. He had a banner year. Now this is going to be the first true test of how that car goes. Uh, what's your thoughts? What? How do you think that car is, do you think he's going to come right out of the box bolted? You think he's going to have some learning curve? What is your overall thoughts on that? I mean, I think, I think there's going to be somewhat of a learning curve. I mean, you know, it's a brand new chassis that they're putting together. So there, there, there's going to be some growing pain, some hiccups, uh, uh, but uh, they seem to be, uh, a pretty smart group so you know hopefully those hiccups aren't don't last very long bird i'm looking at this schedule here and it's thursday friday saturday for volusia so so okay. we're running out of money there and 
and uh, man, I, I have a feeling. See, Ricky's a pretty sharp cat. J.R. Haley's uh, very smart. They're very well connected. Um, you know, they got a lot of experience. I, I think they're going to run pretty well down there. I, uh, I think this is a good test for them. Good, get the bugs worked out. I think they've already did a little bit of uh, testing from what I understand. Do you think, okay, there's three events. How many of those do you think Ricky Weiss is going to finish in the top five um, this first, I guess, maiden voyage with his new car? I'll say two. Two? I'm going to go with one. I think he's going to be a little bit on the outside. I think he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve. Um, I hope he finishes in the top five, all three, because that's <laughs> our boy from Minnesota country here. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to say one out of the three. I think uh, if I had to make a pick, like I said, Overton, you got Brandon Shepard. There's going to be some stout competition there. I'm curious. I haven't seen anything. Well, T-Mac's going, right? You know, he's going Thursday and Friday. He's not going to be there Saturday. A guy has to wonder, are you going to see Chris Madden? Are you going to see Jimmy Owens? Are you going to see Josh Richards? Are you going to see some of that Lucas Oil contingent go down there? That's yet to be seen. Um, I thought I, I saw you know? something. I thought I saw something that Owens was going there. I could be okay. wrong, but okay. But I thought it wouldn't I surprise heard me. That. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise. And, and we know he runs well there. He, he ran well there. Did he win three in a row down there last year? Yeah, he. Yeah, I possibly. Yeah. So so there's going to be that's going to be fun to watch. Of course, that's on Dirt Vision. Now, another thing, Bert. Okay, so that's that's a little bit on the world of outlaws. Now, interesting news for our Wissota race fans: Jeff Provenzino is going to be racing a 604 late model down there. Okay, so he just got done literally over the last few weeks, just finished it up, a brand new 28 special. And now, for all for all of us that know Jeff Provenzino, he's like me in the fact that. He's not, she don't sugarcoat nothing. He's pretty darn bold on, on his opinions and on what he says, Bert, he's going to be driving for the hunt, the front team, the hunt, the front team, very Christian based group of people. <laughs> right now, this is interesting to me. Is Jeff Provenzino going to turn over a new leaf by hanging out with, with this group of people? I mean, this guy here, like I said, I mean, he is, blunt to the point like he don't take no crap from nobody and everybody just i mean everybody that knows jeff he's pretty polarizing in the in our area like people love him people hate him everybody's got an opinion of him he's been pretty blunt i, I was i was laughing with him i was talking to him i'm like did you ever think jeff provenzino would be driving for that team he's like mm, it's kind of funny ain't it i'm like it sure is so <laughs> So I know, uh, yeah, he's heading down there. He's going to run Volusia, come back. I think he's going to go back down and run East Bay again. So it'll be kind of cool. And I got a picture I posted in here, 2021 is the number. And uh, it'll be pretty cool to see. I don't remember the gentleman's name, the Joiner family, of course. Um, they they own that operation and the, and the boys drive, but the dad owns this car. Jeff's going to be driving it. And a uh, great opportunity for him. A lot of people follow that Hunt the Front group. You can check them out on YouTube. They got a great story. It really is. It's a really cool, really cool deal. We talked about Joseph Joyner. He won, what was it, at the East Alabama deal. He won that 10 grand to win deal a little while back. But uh, good luck to Jeff Provenzino. You know, looking at this event, I mean, we'll all watch it just because it's the world of all the late models. But 
I mean, if I wouldn't know anybody, Bert, in the 604 deal, I honestly, I'd probably skip right past it. But now that I know he's racing in it, I'll for sure watch that just to keep an eye on him. Because like you said, it's pretty darn fun watching when you know somebody that's going Mm -hmm. representing our region. So good luck to Bravo down there. Um, Anything else there on the World of Outlaw event, Bert? No, uh, it'll just be uh, interesting seeing these three big events competing against each other. (laughs) Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Now, let's get to the last lap, right? Now, in the last lap, we got a little bit of news, more NASCAR drama, okay? Bert, did you see anything on that? Haley Began? Yeah, she has to go through sensitivity training uh, because she's she was right again with this uh eye racing stuff uh she was eye racing and she used the word that uh you're not supposed to use anymore and uh this is uh just like with the masks this is the world we live in now um you have to be careful what you say um so it is what it is <laughs> i i think it's absolutely stupid okay i really do um i'm sick and tired of these politically correct people right going oh my gosh you can't say that 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 might hurt somebody's feelings like literally like you see somebody that's kind of got that attitude you just want to punch him in the face right <laughs> i mean it's like quit being a pain like seriously could be in a snowflake are you kidding me okay the word and i'm gonna say the word the word was retarded okay now i'm telling you like the mass amount of people in the population of the world at some point have said, man, that's retarded. I've said it on the show, right, wrong, or indifferent. I've had people text me, oh, you probably shouldn't have said that. And, and they're, they're probably right. There probably is a better word. It is what it is, right? But there's a huge difference between saying NASCAR's retarded, <laughs> okay? Because it is. I just did, right? You know, my cam is retarded. Well, you can advance it or you can retard it, uh, okay? So, I mean, the word is a word right? It's a huge difference between going up to somebody that is mentally handicapped, got, you know, gotten real health issues and saying, oh, that person's this, that nobody thinks that's a good idea. Everybody is like, that, that's just inappropriate. You don't do that. Right. But when, when they, when somebody's on there, you know, they're not using it in that context, who gives a crap. Right. And, and this is just, if they went to a dirt track, I can tell you like every single night at the dirt track, somebody is saying that word. It just is what it is, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent. And that's where I'm so sick of NASCAR. It's so stupid. It's like, are you kidding me? And people are like, well, did she get equal treatment? I mean, Kyle Larson got kicked out and lost all of his sponsors because he said the N-word. That shouldn't have happened either, right? You know, and, and I get it. You know, the, the fact is the N word, it, should it be used? No. Right. You know, obviously not. Should the, should the R word be used? Probably not. I get it. We got to quit making such a big deal about this. If you're going up to a African-American individual and you call them the N word, that is the absolute, throw the book at them. That's stupid. That's uncalled for. But when you're using it out of that context, whatever. And, and I think the N words probably got more people riled up, I guess, than the R word. But at the end of the day, it's like, it, really, really? I mean, NASCAR has got enough issues as it is than to be worrying about this. And is it sad, Bert? We got the Daytona 500 coming up, right? And 
how much personally, and I can, I'll tell you how much for me, how much banter, talk, how much stuff have you seen online about the upcoming Daytona 500 and the day and NASCAR SP weeks? You don't see any, I mean, normally that, I don't know if they have it this year. Normally they have practice in the middle of January. I don't know is, if they're having that or not. Isn't that um, a deal? Like, but, like we don't even know what's going on. And then the only one thing that we hear about is, Oh, Haley Deegan said the R word. Is it sad that in the NASCAR world with speed weeks and Daytona 500 coming up that we've seen more on that than we've actually seen on all of the racing? Well, I mean, and actually, I mean, I mean, it's based on who my Facebook friends are, but I've seen more news about other asphalt races taking place than the upcoming Daytona 500. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a sad deal. You know, I got 5,000 people on Facebook and I don't know if I've seen one post about the upcoming Daytona 500. And that just goes to show that NASCAR is dying and they're doing it to themselves. So let's move on. And we'll talk about uh, Lucas Oil TV. A little bit, little bit of news there. Um, I'll just touch on this really quick. So, so we have Mav TV. You got Lucas Oil TV. You got all these streaming platforms. But it turns out um, Lucas Oil TV is going to be no more. They kind of, I, I think they're, I think they were already affiliated somehow, Mav TV and Lucas Oil TV. But they're going to have a Mav TV Plus, and that's going to be the app. I think the first sixty days are are going to be free. And that and the Lucas Oil stuff's all going to be on Mav TV Plus. Bert, did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did see that. Uh, you know, and I've I've talked about this on the show before. You know, it's great having all these streaming services, but who can afford to have all these streaming services? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And if you're a diehard fan, if you're watching a lot of racing, if you're doing that, I mean, ultimately it is cheaper than going to the event. I get it. Right. Um, but depending on the, on the quality, depending on the region that you're in, I mean, it's it just, it's just the way it is. It's getting to be that way. And you know, uh, you pretty soon we're going to be needing a sponsor just to cover our costs of watching racing <laughs> on TV. You're right. There's, and it's confusing. I think that with so many of them, you know, it's like, well, which one is this on? Is it on? Is it on Dirt Race Central? Is it on Flow? Is it on Mav? Is it on Dirt Vision? IMCA TV? There, well, there's, a lot, there's a lot of them out there. And the thing about the streaming service, um, you know, on on Mav TV, yeah, I mean, you were talking about uh, uh, Lucas Oil TV being associated with Mav TV. I think part of that association is throughout the year they replay. Lucas Oil races. So, I mean, I have my DVR set to record all the Lucas Oil races. So every Thursday, they play them on Thursday night. So it records. Um, but I've now that I, you know, this is the first year that I'm really watching streaming. So now that I'm watching the streaming of races, it's like these replays come up and it's like, what's the point of watching this? I, I know, I know everything that's going to happen. We've talked about it on the show. I've watched some of it already. So I wind up just deleting it out of my DVR then. <laughs> and, and I think, I mean, I think we're literally a year, two, three years away before we see a, such a huge change. I mean, I see places like direct TV cable companies, 
I, I just don't think they're going to be around much longer because there's so many streaming platforms out there that that's the way people are kind of watching, whether it's sports or racing or TV or movies or anything in general, things have really transitioned that way. So it's just another one of those examples, how the whole world is really just kind of changing with, with technology here. So, and uh, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting, Burton. That's why I'm so darn impressed. I really am with with the with the whole event that they put down at the wild west shootout see a lot of them it's like well they have the race and they might have the announcer talking a little bit but they've left no stone unturned it's a true event like it's an experience online and uh i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to their what is it thursday night i don't know what, thursday night at the races or whatever dirt on dirt's going to be doing over the summer um because they do such a good job with it yeah Short track in America or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think it? that's what, yeah. So that, that's going to be fun. Them guys do a bang-up job down there. Now, Bert, did you see any news? Um, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I just saw it again, so I want to touch on it again with the USMPS. Yeah, uh, they announced their schedule, and 26 of the 36 races are going to be 10,000 to win, um, and the other 10 will be 5,000 to win. Uh but I, I did find that kind of interesting because two of those races are Masters weekend, but ultimately it's the big 10,000 to win show that is, you know. So, I mean, actually, you could say that's like a 20,000 to win weekend. Well, it's, um, I think it's five the first night and 10 the second night. Oh, I thought it was five, five, and 10. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're running Thursday too. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a 20,000 weekend if you, yeah, know, if true, you look true. at it, look at it that way. Um, but, and like you said, we've talked about this on the show and I, I know this is what series are doing. They're, they're race, they're increasing their, the purse to win, but I think there's just going to be less track. I mean, I looked at the schedule and I think the only Wisconsin tracks are Cedar Lake and Mississippi Thunder. Yeah, this is interesting. I saw a conversation on Facebook. <clears throat> on the racer side, right, you're like, hell yeah, and I've seen racers. You know, uh, Al Uton, for example, he's like, man, this is great, right? And, and he don't run it, but he's raced for a long time, and he's a racer. And it's like, as a racer, it's like, man, this is awesome. It's more money. On the promoter side, it's like, okay, well, our expenses have just gone up. I don't know how much. You know, if, if the overall purse, let's say it's another five or $10,000, let's even call it five, right? If your overall expense for the event goes up $5,000 as a racetrack, what do you have to do to recoup that $5,000? You add more divisions. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. That's where I was going. Right. Yeah. You got, then they, next thing you know, they have more support classes to bring in more people. Pretty soon you got six classes of cars at these shows to make it work. That's an option. Another option of course, is to get a few more sponsors, but in order to make these racing, you know, the seasons go, they're already hitting up their sponsors. And how many times do you keep going back to the well, right? Going, well, we're having another show. You want to throw another few grand at us, you know, and pretty soon it's like these sponsors are going, my goodness, like we're, well, I mean, we just keep giving you money hand over fist. You can only go back to the well so many times, and there's only so many sponsors in the area to be had. So that's a problem. So you look at all that. It's like the expenses got up. The only thing that 
that can happen. And hopefully this is a case because if they're throwing more money at it, but we, we just talked about the Wild West shootout, it's not necessarily about money. In order for there to be more draw, they have to have more nationally recognizable names that appeals to more fans to get them to the racetrack. Are they going to get enough of those names to follow the series that weren't already following it to offset a $5,000 or more increase in the expenses to the racetrack? I, I, I don't think so. I, I just don't see how that's going to happen. So I hope the racetracks can find a way to make it work. Um, a lot of them will, but a lot of people don't understand that it's not, you start throwing more money in, at that. There's only so much revenue coming in and pretty soon, how long is it going to last when tracks are going? Well, we had that event. We lost 10 grand. We had that event. We lost five grand. How many years in a row are they continue to do that? That happened, Bert, with the world of outlaw late models. Um, I know track promoters in our area that said the value is not quite there. We're not getting enough fans. We lost 10 grand. We lost more than that at this show we're just not going to do that anymore. We can't afford to take that kind of risk. So hopefully more money means more nationally recognizable drivers to bring in more fans. I hope it all works out, but I, I just yeah, I mean, I, I don't anticipate a USMTS mod show in Northeast Wisconsin anytime soon under this format. Um, uh, I, I spoke about this on the show before. I mean, they made a swing up through Northeast Wisconsin probably four or five years ago. They raced like four different tracks within five days or something like that. And by the last race, I mean, there was hardly any crowd at, at one of the races. And Northeast Wisconsin's already at a disadvantage uh, with USMTS because it's so IMCA. IMCA heavy so the locals can't compete with the USMTS cars so a lot of the locals don't race and when you when you don't have the locals racing to draw fans you know it's it's just not a winning formula no and it's it's different and I'm a mod guy I love modified racing I really do and and if you're in the know if you're a if you're a die if you like modified racing of course you know who Rodney Sanders and Jake O'Neill and you know them guys right but the, the casual fan, they're just not a, it's just not a nationally recognizable name. That's, that's the difference between um, the national series for the dirt late models, the national series for the world of outlaw sprint cars, right? That's the difference there. I mean, you take people like Donnie Schatz, Scott Bloomquist, Brandon Shepard, right? You take those names, they're nationally recognizable names. So when those series come to your track, it's like, hey, this is, this is a big deal. Nothing against Rodney Sanders and them guys. They're extremely talented race car drivers, but I just don't feel like they have enough pulling power to fill the grandstands to, to make this kind of deal work. And, and I think part of the reason why, Bert, is the USMTS is kind of down the center part of the country, right? It's, it's typically mm -hmm. central, so you don't really get – it's not national – and I, and I think that's the issue with that. Hopefully they make it work. I really do. But, but uh, I guess uh, we'll, we'll find out later on in the year. So um, one show that I am excited about, Bert, no, before we get into that, 
has the discount shop towels um dirt king series schedule come out yet for 2021 uh the schedule has not been released yet um i did see a press release where they announced that uh, discount shop towels was returning as the main sponsor and there was a sentence in that press release stating that they were gonna there's i believe it was going to be a 15 race season at nine different tracks but specific dates and tracks were not have not been announced yet okay okay and, and i'm kind of curious about that congratulations on them getting that sponsorship back again for 2021 I, i'm looking forward to seeing some of those races here this year but with soda has just with soda didn't announce it but it's going to be a Wasoda event on august 13th bert it's going to be the largest single paying single day i guess single day because there's been multiple shows that are two-day events but it's the largest one-day event in the history of wasota late model racing i'm excited for that and i'm talking about the fifth annual mater memorial that's going to be held at the red cedar speedway in menominee wisconsin for fifteen thousand five hundred and fifty-five. going to go home with the winner at that event I'm jacked up and I'm really hoping that the shop, the, the discount shop calls Dirt Kings tour does not have an event on that night. <laughs> Cause I would love yeah, to yeah. see some of them guys with that kind of money on the line. Okay. Cause I believe it's four fifty five to start. It's solid all the way through with that kind of money on the line. Most of them guys are with soda legal. Anyway, I could see maybe a Nick Anvilink or a Berna or a Springborn or you know, some of them guys going, you know what, we were with Soda Legal already. Let's head over there for this event. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe uh, Nick Avalink and Brett Swedberg did race in the first uh, uh, um, Mater Memorial race. So uh, hopefully Dirk Kings is not scheduled for a race that night. I know they have scheduled races against the Mater in the past. So um, I'm hoping that. Um, you know, everybody looks at the schedules and, you know, realizes it's best for the drivers to give them the opportunity to race in this race if, if they want to. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been clamoring for East versus West forever. So, I mean, you know, and with this high, high paying race, you know, this might be your best opportunity for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when there's that kind of money on the line as a race fan, any anybody involved with racing, in a perfect world, you want to see 50 late models show up to that. Last year, it was, I believe it was, was it 5,555, I think it was, to win. And, of course, uh, a rookie, not no rookie to winning races, but uh, Kevin Buzzy Adams got her done on his home turf there at the Race Lake Speedway, which was super cool. I just love Buzzy. I call him the human highlight reel. Um, but they, they only had, like, 20-ish cars. I don't remember if they even had a B. They only had like 24 cars or it was really light. I think maybe weather played a point because I think they I think they did have a rain delay in that deal as well. So I think that maybe scared a few people away. But but late model drivers, okay. When when somebody's willing to go put this kind of money on the line and say, you know what, let's I mean, and Dwayne Mater, I mean, if you race late models for a long time, everybody knew him. The guy's a great guy, great racing family, but support this race right i mean there's there's only so many opportunities to race for real money and this is also a structural from what i understand 
this is going to be a structural buildings with sort of late model challenge series event also, which to me is interesting. I, I, I was surprised that they were going to do it as a challenge series event, but it makes sense for the racetrack, especially to do that. Because if they're going to have a challenge series event, why not make it on your biggest special? And I know like Hibbing does that at the Labor Day shootout. Proctor does that at the Silver 1000. Grand Rapids does that at the Wasota Classic. So I guess that does kind of make sense. But I really want to see this deal work out good. I mean, they them guys, I know that uh, Bulldog and them guys down there are really working their tails off to make this uh, a big deal. And uh, I really hope it goes off well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do believe that the, I don't know if all the Mater's were, Mater Memorials were uh, Challenge Series races. I know the first one was uh, because I went to the first one and I interviewed Steve Larson prior to the races for an article for, um, for a magazine, for Dirt Late Model magazine. And <clears throat> we talked about the Challenge Series and he was, I believe, in first place in points at that time, but he had a wreck in the feature so he wasn't in first place after the race um but uh yeah i mean the maters are you know yeah i mean if you know anything about racing you've heard the name Dwayne mater i mean even in eastern wisconsin he'd he'd come to shano and he'd put on a butt whipping um <laughs> on the local boys that sh- i mean he won at least two, if not three, 2000 to win specials at Shano Speedway that I can remember. So, I mean, he wasn't just a Western Wisconsin driver who was good in Western Wisconsin. I mean, wherever he raced, he was good. So, uh, you know, it'd be great, you know, to have as many drivers support the event as possible. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to close with this. Um, I saw news today posted on Facebook um, that Pat and Patsy Willis, owners of Hoosier Tire North, Rogers, Minnesota, have officially retired um, from their involvement with Hoosier Tire North. They have sold that now to their son, uh, Scott Willis, and the guy that basically ran ran the place, uh, um, I think it's Blake Fulmer, Trent's, I think it's Trent's brother, I think is what it is. But uh, they are the new owners of Hoosier Tire North. And I want to congratulate Pat and Patsy on such a, I guess a long tenure in dirt track racing. Um, they were heavily involved with the beginning of Wasota. They've they've helped a lot of series, a lot of tracks, a lot of drivers. And and I know as a racer and all of us racers, right? We're you're always down on Hoosier. Oh, the tires suck and this and that and the other. But I can tell you this that that Wasota, they've kind of had some issues along the way. And there's been multiple times where Hoosier Tire North, specifically Pat and Patsy Willis, have stepped up to the plate. And, and actually financially help with soda stay afloat, right? A lot of people don't know that. You know, they didn't need to do that. Yeah, they make they make money off the tires and all that. That's fine, right? But somebody's gonna, whether it's them or anybody else, they're they're just a distributor, right? They're not the ones making the tire, but uh, they were also heavily involved with the beginning of with soda. You know, so just hats off to Pat and Patsy Willis. Great people, great ambassadors to the sport. Good luck on on moving forward and uh, good luck to the the folks that are taking it over. So with that said, Bert, you know, that's episode 62 in the books. I'm jacked up. I'm going to be jumping on. I'm going to be catching lots of racing this week with especially especially the Wild West shootout and Volusia. Which sticks out to you the most? What are you the most excited for? Um, I'm most excited for, uh, you know, watching the rest of the races of the Wild West shootout. Um, you know, I've watched the first two and, you know, 
that's got my attention right now. So uh, uh, I should also mention that we didn't talk about him, but uh, Jason Fager's having a, he had a really good showing the first two nights. He did fall back a little in the feature in the first race because he <clears throat> bent a shock. Um, but I mean, he's been good in qualifying, won a heat race, been up there. So, you know, driving the MB Custom, he's doing pretty good this year. Yeah, good to see one of them MBs up front. Jimmy, not quite, you know, he was okay the second night, not real good the first night. I think he's going to turn the turn that around. Looking forward to seeing Mars maybe crack off a few top fives down there. But, uh, yeah, I'm jacked up for that. I'm excited to watch a lot of guys that, that I'm familiar with, watch them race and, and enjoy the warm weather where we should be. So, with that said, Bert, always a pleasure chatting with you. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's take in some races. So we have plenty to talk about next week and, uh, race fans. I, I hope you enjoy the show, uh, with all the craziness going on in the world right now, with <laughs> the political and this and that, you know, we're, we're hoping to give you a little bit of an escape from that to where you can just listen to racing. Hopefully it's entertaining enough to where you're like, you know what? I can take an hour, hour and a half of my day and listen to this. It's a lot better than watching the news. And uh, hopefully we provide that escape for you. So again, I'm Ryan Aho. That's the Burt Lehman. And as Puka always says, go out there and be your dream. Thanks for tuning in to the one to go show. Perfect. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.